This episode is dedicated to Keith Heltzley, who says, Keep on sharing your little miracles. Each show makes my day. Well, hello, podcast people. You just made my day. Hey, how you doing, podcast people? This is Made My Day Podcast, the podcast that celebrates the little, tiny, wonderful things in life. It's episode eight, brought to you the week of January 5th, 2014, even though my um, show notes say 13. It's 14, James, and I am your host, James Kennison. Thanks for joining me, and Happy New Year, people. Happy stinking New Year. Like I said on Twitter this week, Happy New Year. You can have one. But it is optional, of course. Don't want to force you to uh, have a happy new year if you don't want one. But I hope you do. I hope you do. Um, well, let's just jump right into it. Uh, I got, I got, I got less things to go through this week. Might result in a shorter show. I don't know. But if it's your first time joining us, basically what I do is I. I every single day of my week I try to find something special no matter if it's been a great day or one of those horrible days I always try to find something wonderful that happened for two reasons one it's helping me recover from a deep dark depression helping me think properly not that, that was the issue mine was all brain chemistry but now that I'm on the way out I want to be thankful for things. Because um, when you're depressed, you can't even think enough to be thankful about anything. You just are trying to survive. So that's one reason. Second reason, I hope uh, hope that you, yourself, that this benefits you in some way. Listening to me ramble on about my stuff, the little wonderful things that made my day. I hope that gets you thinking that way too. Because even on a bad day, and and this week, it's been up and down a little bit, I'll be honest. Um, It's like the week, uh, it's not as bad as the week that my my hard drives failed. Remember that? Um, But, you know, anyway, we got stuff. We got stuff. I really, I'll just be, I'll just be honest with you. The the stuff that's bugging me these days is now that I'm starting to feel better, um, what am I supposed to do with myself? But we'll get to that in a minute. Let's let's start with day one. I had a fellow named Fenton. Fenton, first of all, is one of the coolest names that a kid can have. Fenton. F-I-N-T-O-N. He's from Ireland. And I know Fenton personally because a couple few years back, I had the opportunity to go as a children's pastor uh, to to Ireland, to Cork, uh, to and I, I got to go to oh I can't even remember the holiday park we were at but anyway we were, we we did a a, a week long middle school service for for a bunch of Irish and English middle school kids and uh, we were in this stinky horrible house uh, well the house wasn't horrible but it was stinky because it it had usually had owls and and birds of prey in it. Why? I don't know. It's just this park uh, had houses, and it had a pool, it had go-karts, it had a golf course, and it had a house where you could go and look at owls and stuff. Well, they had cleared all the animals out, 
and we were stuck with what was left. And Ireland, it's it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's just like the postcards. It's very green. Um, but it's also very damp. And this place, oh my gosh, we tried to wash the floor, hardwood floors, you know, we tried to wash them down and open up the air, you know, to let the air in. And it, the floors wouldn't dry, and it just made the house smell worse. So anyway, all that to say, Fenton um, is was one of the kids that was in there, you know, because eventually it did dry. We set up a sound system, we got a projector going, and we just had a great week. We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. And one of the things in particular that I did, because you know you're packing and you need supplies to minister with. Uh, and, you know, I brought a buttload of American candy because I know they like that. Um, but I didn't have room to pack a puppet. And you say, puppet? What the world are you, you know, what are you using a puppet for? Well, I, I, the way I do puppets, it's fun. Okay? Even for stinking middle schoolers. They loved it. I made a scripture man puppet. It's just out of uh, paper, out of all things. And, um tongue depressors and a little piece of rubber band and uh i I kind of invented this stick puppet you know rod puppet invention i don't know if you go to my youtube channel i think i got a video of me using one that i made but anyway it flat packs i mean it's like ikea so it fit in my luggage it was great and i brought him out and just held him out next to me i didn't hide behind anything like you do uh with kids and i just made i made my mouth move with him and because i'm not a ventriloquist either and it worked it was fun it was it was a lot of fun because he talks smack he has this little tiny voice hey what's up baby you know and all this and basically makes fun of me and so you know what's not to like about that so anyway fenton i told you all that to tell you that fenton from ireland sent me a picture of, of that puppet, because at the end of the week, you know, if there was one kid that really stood out, if there's one kid whose life was changed, if there's one kid that, you know, I just connected with, it was Fenton. And and he asked me, or no, I don't even know that he asked. I don't even think he asked, because that would be kind of forward. He, I, I, I basically, somehow or another, he ended up with my paper puppet. So all that to say, it's been four years He's he's grown, you know, obviously four years and uh, probably heading into high school or whatever they call it up there in Ireland. And he sends me this message with the with a picture of the puppet. He says, hey, James, it's probably late where you are, but I wanted to show you this guy. I still have him. And don't worry, I always will. He has a special place in my room. And that I mean, I bet it made your day just hearing that, you know, because that's just cool. That's awesome. Because <sighs> a lot of 2013, I didn't feel like I was ever going to do anything in uh, someone's life again. And it's nice to know, though, that some of the things you did before, you know, some of the things I did before still last. So even if I never did do anything ever again worthwhile, which is very unlikely, um, somewhere in the world, there's a young man named Fenton who doesn't care about that. He remembers what I did. And uh, that's that's huge. I don't know. It's just cool. It takes the pressure off. You know? James, you've already done stuff. You know? It's it's not uh, exactly it's a wonderful life <laughs> type stuff. <laughs> if you weren't born, this kid wouldn't have a puppet. You know? But it, uh, 
but it, but it, it it matters. It matters to me. I'm desperate, so I take what I can get. So that made my day. Heck yeah. Day two. Um, it was uh, day two happened to be uh, New Year's Eve, and New Year's Eve means nothing to me. I don't know why. It's probably just because we didn't do anything as a family. We went to bed on time, woke up the next day, and and I'm just I you know I I don't make resolutions. I used to try. Uh, I, I, to me, it's just a day later, you know, I think I cared in 2005 or no, 88, I'm sorry, 88, 1988. I cared between 1985 and 1988 because I think I just started realizing what the years were and it just was really weird seeing the progression. It, it kind of, when you're a kid, you say, you know, 88. Oh, that sounds so weird to say 88. Then you get used to it. And I bet kids today are going, oh, 2014, that just sounds so weird. And then, you know, they get used to it. But uh, but to my wife, it's it's kind of a big deal. She always watches the ball drop. You know, she had extended family, you know, growing up. So it's a big deal to her. So needless to say, she took us out for dinner. And uh, what made my day was not that we went out to dinner, and it wasn't that because we went out to Outback Steakhouse, the truly authentic, you know, Australian experience that Outback is. Um, and it wasn't that we got in pretty quick because she thought to call ahead. It was that we paid four bucks to feed all of us at this steakhouse. <laughs> so Jen had a, a $50 gift certificate from her job to, uh, you know, Carabas or outback or whatever and she picked out back and we went there and we ate and and we went over four bucks so it's pretty awesome kids were happy i was i got a piece of meat and so it was good it was a good time it was a good time it's good also because i i want to go you know and i when when i was really depressed when things were really bad when the anxiety was just killing me what really would set it off is crowds and people and 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 especially since i was a minister or had been people, you know, the fear that someone would recognize me or know me and, and I, I didn't have my pastor face on, you know, which by the way, I will never have on again. Um, I'm just going to be happy when I'm happy and sad when I'm sad. And, you know, just like real, real people do. Um, so, you know, that I, I quit liking theme parks. I quit liking the beach. I quit liking going to malls and, and getting out anywhere near, especially crowds like you know if it, it just felt like they were pressing in and it's so cool to be free of that you know i'm walking and there's people in weird costumes especially this one lady she was dressed like like she was in a 50s musical you know or or she had sequined like i don't know a sequin i don't even know what you'd call it uh like a gown not a gown but the part that goes up around your chesticles and then down your stomach and 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 uh, it was all sequined and stuff, and it's just and she had puffy sleeves and she I think she had a top hat on, um you know so she was dressed like a female version a, a slightly slutty female version of the Monopoly Man, and that was a little strange and I had to walk right past her twice to go to the bathroom, um not because I had to go but because my wife sent my son in who is five and he decided he needed to poop for thirty minutes and they she started getting scared so she sent Jenna. To come and get me from the table. So uh, usually that stuff would have driven me crazy. Blah blah blah. Didn't. So when 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 I got steak, paid four bucks, and I wasn't stir crazy because of the people. Because it was a buttload of people out. I don't like going out on, you know, like Fourth of July, Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve times where people are going to be driving stupid, drinking maybe so much. Um, 
but it was it was a it was easy. It was easy. It was good. So, um, speaking of 2013, because that was New Year's Eve, and I did stay up till like three in the morning. Um, I did, you know, when when it ticked over, I went over and kissed my wife, and I I did find myself thinking about last year, and and hopefully, I won't spend a whole lot of time thinking about last year because last year was hard. One thing I've been doing, and I may have mentioned this last week, is I have been going through and creating a timeline of the last two or three years, uh, basing it on journals that I that I had written. Um, I've been going through, systematically going through all my emails because email was the primary way that I communicated when I was depressed because talking to people and, you know, one-on-one is pretty hard to do. So I happen to have a pretty good, quote-unquote, paper trail, a digital paper paper trail through email. And um, and then also my calendar, and then I'm going to be working in Facebook updates. I didn't do a lot of Facebook while I was really bad off. Um, but surely there's some stuff in there and then blogging and basically just putting together this timeline. And it's really interesting to see uh, the patterns. And one thing I, I, I noticed the most is that, uh, that, that it wasn't that my life was bad. Nothing was going wrong at all. It's just all of a sudden I started feeling like it was, and it was absolutely un- indescribable. Um, it, it, the sadness, the anxiety, the the pressure, the feeling that everything was doomed, the the lack of energy, the the uh, ah, I just can't I can't even describe uh, what it was like. Um, but all I know is that 2013 pretty much tried to kill me. Um, you know, I I can say I now understand. I used to be pretty dang black and white about suicide. And I'd say, you know, suicide people, people that commit suicide, they're selfish. They're very selfish because they don't care about their family. They're just thinking about their own problems. And, you know, and that's because I had, you know, some people and, and maybe even my own dad that committed suicide. So it's pretty, pretty hurt about it and harsh towards it. Um, but having been depressed, I'd, I can't say I ever was suicidal. There was never a, a deep, dark, well, there's deep, dark, but. It wasn't this self-destructive attitude, but there were days I wished I wasn't, you know, just that, that I w- wish I'd never been born, I, to put it into a more common phraseology. Um, so I definitely understand now why people do that. So, And, and, I'm, and I, I got to talk about suicide people. I got to talk about people that didn't make it. Because I'm gonna, I, you know, constantly through this show, I, I, I can't talk about the good things without balancing them against the bad similar to why there's always a bad guy in every movie because it makes the good guy seem so much better it makes the victory that much more sweet and so when i refer back to my past it's not to wallow in it it's not to celebrate it it is to contrast it to what i'm going through now and to help you understand why i'm thrilled with even stupid little tiny things that happen in my life and on the days that i felt dark and felt like I was I was out of it. Felt like that I wish I'd never been born. That my family would be better off without me. I did get to that point, and I realized I'm like this is what this is what people that kill themselves because because most people that do it's it's because of depression. Um, I have known people personally that have done it for selfish reasons. For I have known people that have done it to get out of uh, certain situations. They've been they were caught 
doing things they shouldn't and couldn't handle the humiliation and and you know should have faced the music but didn't i have seen situations like that but um most folks do it because they're depressed um even recently a friend of ours from or or, not a close friend but an associate that i worked with at my last church her husband she goes off to to visit her family comes back and he's killed himself you know it's horrible horrible stuff and and so I mention that not to be a drag, but to say that I want to pay tribute to those people, not to celebrate them, not to honor them, because ultimately what they did was horrible, but but I definitely understand it. I definitely understand it. It's because of this. Um, they're not self-centered. They think, they, the depression is so sickening, it's so horrible that it makes a perfectly normal person who wants to live a life just like you, that wants to have dreams and a future and a family and see their kids grow up, it, it hurts them to the point that they are tricked into believing, and it is a lie, that their family is better off without them, that they're a burden. And truly, be honest, having someone in your house that's depressed is a burden. It is not what you would choose. But gum, you don't want them gone. And so I say all of that to get to this one point. I made it through 2013 and I'm I'm so glad that I did. Um but there's a lot of people that didn't. And so that's that's what sucks is you're going to, you know, over time you'll probably hear my story. I've had a couple of people that have told me they want to hear my story, you know, as as a separate podcast type of thing and I'm kind of working on that. And so you'll hear that. But there's one type of story you'll never hear, and it's the story of the people. It was so bad that they didn't make it. And it beat them. And it doesn't make them bad people. I heard suicide one time uh, described as a, as a sickness that takes people, takes their life against their own will. And uh, I think that's very apropos, and I think it's obvious that my attitude towards it has changed quite a bit. Um, but 2013 tried to kill me. It tried to kill my family, you know, to take us out, whether physically or emotionally or just practically or even economically. But we survived. Not just me. We did. Family's intact. My wife still loves me. I still love her. There's no regrets there's nothing to look back on and, and have any shame over. It's just something that happened. It was a terrible, terrible thing that we had to go through. But again, I say that because there's going to be somebody that listens to this one day and you know you're close to somebody that, that had it worse than me. And I just want to know. I will. I want you to know that I am aware of that. Uh, This is why I never made a very good pastor. Because pastors are supposed to be able to talk while they're crying. (laughs) They even have a crying voice sometimes. Oh, I knew a friend of mine, he worked at a church, and he had a wonderful crying voice. And he could, oh, people... People all over the world need you. Well, you know, I can't do it. 
And anyway, I, I just want to say I, I um, my heart goes out to you, whoever you are, person in the future that hears this and meets that criteria of someone that's uh, close to someone that didn't make it. Just remember them well. And um, even though it didn't end well, just understand that they they were uh, they uh, they thought they were doing right by you. Probably, I can't say that for everybody because I'm not everybody. But I, I think you can tell anytime I get close to it in my own head, it, it brings up a lot. So. Give me a second. Okay, this is supposed to be a <laughs> happy show, but I am. I, I'm. I'm. I'm happy that I made it, but I can't be happy um, without mentioning surely the folks that didn't. And uh, so, I have to balance that out by saying, if you're someone listening to this, and you think. That's a good option for you. It's a lie. It's a freaking lie. Oh, gosh. <laughs> what a terrible show. Uh, no, nobody's listening. I used to get sick and couldn't talk. And on this one, I can't stop. Uh, my eyes from leaking. But it's a big thing. It's a big thing. Because, uh, I don't know, it's one of those things, unless you've been through it, you don't understand. But those of you that are going through it actively, you just happen to be listening to this show, and you hear this. Um, it's a lie. Your brain is telling you lies. Your brain is telling you lies. And it feels so real. And it is so not. You are valuable. And people love you even though you're broken. And this will not last forever. It feels like it will. It feels like you can't believe anybody that tells you that. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. But there is. And that's why even with all my stupid tears, this can be a happy ending. Of this segment, day number two out of seven that I've got to get through, is uh, that if you believe that, if you'll believe that what doesn't make sense is true, (laughs) and what seems to make sense is a lie, because what seems to make sense is that you're useless, and and it's never going to get better, and that you're a burden, and that you're broken, and that you're an embarrassment, and, and you know, you used to be something awesome, and now you're not. Um, I know that feeling, and uh, it, it does not feel like a lie. It feels stupid to even call it a lie, but it is. And um, if you will just blindly believe something different, <laughs> the opposite, basically. Because that's what got me through, is I just I, I had to believe what my wife believed. I had to believe... That my kids would want me around and that they wouldn't want the same story I had about my dad. So uh, just hang in there. 
And whatever you do, I say advice. I the best advice I could give is two things: one, stay alive. If you're a depressed person, freaking stay alive. Just stay alive. It's like you know a marriage. Marriage sucks sometimes, but just stay. You know. So in this one, just stay alive. And two, go to the doctor and get some medicine. It's okay. So many people don't think it's okay. Go to the doctor and get medicine. If you had any other disease, you would go to the doctor and get medicine. And then when that medicine doesn't work, because it'll probably make you feel crazier or weirder or keep you from sleeping or whatever, go back to the doctor and don't get frustrated and keep going back to the doctor. It took me the better part of a year to get my medication straightened out and get what I needed to get because I kept getting stupid uh, allergic to it. You know, like crazy. I had two. That was, that was what I was saying with my uh, my timeline. Is I had these two major hills, these highs where where the medicine was working great, and and I was doing things and producing and having a great job performance, and the kids were happy and wife was happy, and then I'd get allergic, and then I mean, literally within a day, my journals and my emails and calling in sick, even though I wasn't sick, I just couldn't get out of bed. It was horrible. It was terrible. Um, but now that I'm on the other end, oh, you know, and that's the thing I have to remind myself. I told Jen, I'm like, I'm not really cured as far as we know. Um, because I, I just, we, we just finally found medicine that work that does, you know, gives my brain the, the chance it needs to help me function normally. If I quit taking the medication, that'd be the dumbest thing in the world. Um, the past has shown me that you, you quit taking it. It quits working and you can't, you know, it never quite comes back if you start taking it again. It never quite works the way it did. And so I'm not cured of depression. I'm uh, I'm better. And there will be a day where I'm not taking as much as I am now, doctor says, which is which is good. I, although I have learned to swallow, I could probably swallow 15 pills at one time. I've, I've definitely gotten a good skill uh, that I can put on my resume. Um, but anyway, I'm just going to stop talking about it. Here's the deal. I freaking survived 2013. It was the year from hell for the most part. And, um, it's good. It's good. It's good to be, it's good to be on the other end. And, um, like I said, if you know somebody that, that hasn't made it, I, I, I am sorry. I am so sorry for you. My prayers go out to you. My best wishes go to you. Uh, and if you're someone struggling just blindly believe the opposite of what you believe is true you don't even have to believe it just operate as if it is true that i am something that it is going to get better and that you know the pain it's not worth going through uh it hurts it hurts really bad to be anxiety and depressed and all that um but the people that love you they deserve to make that choice about you, whether you're worthwhile or not, not you. You can't be trusted. Okay. Okay. I uh, got my second hard drive. <laughs> so everything else seems paltry compared, but I got my second hard drive back from that company that I sent them out to. Remember my failed hard drive debacle, the failed drive hard debacle of 2013. Um, I got the second one back. The second one was the big one. The one that had 10 years of stuff on it. Well, I realized something. It was an internal hard drive from, Western Digital. Western Digital, I'm trying to put this out for the layman, has a little card, an interface card that they plug in. Because inside the hard drive, the, the, the 
external drive. It's just a regular hard drive. And they put this little interface that turns it into a USB. So you can plug a USB into it and then into the computer. And it turns up as a drive. You drag and drop your photos over into it. Well, this card, I didn't realize, actually encodes and encrypts, for, for lack of a better word, all of the information being written to it. So if you take that card off and put it in your hard drive like I did and try to boot it up, it's going to show as nothing. Like, there's nothing there. You can run as many restoration softwares as possible. It will never turn up one thing. And that's exactly what I did, man, for weeks. For a couple weeks, I just ran scans over and over and over. Well, lo and behold, I found out this card is bad, this little little interface card. I, uh, I'm like, I'm going to buy another. I'm going to buy another hard drive. 90 bucks, you know, it's worth it. It's cheaper than 1700 to have it restored by this company. And then I started thinking, wait a minute, I bet there's somebody that sells just the card. I got on eBay, sure enough, dude. I bought that card for 30 bucks, 35 bucks, something like that. And I uh, quickly canceled my order of the other hard drive. I got it in. I was supposed to be on it on the 7th. It came in yesterday, I want to say, or day before. Maybe third or the fourth. Anyway, it was early. That's awesome. Plugged it in and it is working. So I am now able to run a scan on it. Everything is, is looking good. Um, I think, I think, um, what I, what I've done is I've already run a scan and I've gotten, I want to say about, uh, probably four, 1400, no, 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 45,000 files off of it. I haven't really gone through it all because what it does is it takes them all and dumps them into one just big directory. So all your JPEGs and all of everything, you know, is all mixed together. Even files you didn't want. Like, uh, you know, if you backed up your WordPress installation, it's going to have all the CSS files and everything else. So I got to go through it and see what's there and what's not. And I'm going to run a couple more scans with more sophisticated software and see if I can get more off of it. But hey, I was happy. I had become comfortable I had accepted that we weren't getting anything back. So anything I pull off that joker um, is good. It's gravy. So that uh, that made my day on the second day, and it made my day uh, yesterday when I started pulling that stuff off and saw some pictures and images and, and some videos that I would have never remembered, but, but they were good things, you know, from my... From my kids' childhood and stuff like that. So, or babyhood. They're still in their childhood. So, day three. Jen, um, oh, I got her some gifts, okay? I took a risk. It's hard to shop for the girl. I got her some headphones that I, I went on running websites, tried to find out what kind of shoes she wanted. You know, I tried to get her things that did with running. I got her a new strap for the for her iPhone to go on her arm. And I got her some Bluetooth headphones um, she's always struggled with the in-ear stuff. The uh, the outside um, earphones was a risk because, you know, you can see them and you're running with these things on. She loves them and they look cool. They look like they were custom fit for her face. And um, they, they synchronize with her iPhone. She plays music through it. She's loving it. So at least I got one gift right. That's, uh, that's a, I'll take that as a good thing from that day. She even wears it walking around the house now, the headphones. So I don't know. She's I don't know what she listens to, but it's it's you know I don't even care. So she's using the headphones. That's great. 
She could be listening to podcasts on how to deal with overweight, depressed husbands, formerly depressed. So we'll see. Anyway, um, she got me um, a new keyboard and new headphones. And I meant to mention the headphones last week because I used them for the first time. I've always had these cheap, rinky-dinky podcast, um, you know, just regular headphones. But I got some that were actually made. They're called monitor headphones or by Sony. Um, they cost a little bit of money. They fold up. They feel good on your ears, you know. Because uh, if you ever wear earphones for a long time, headphones, big old over-the-ear kind, it got, you get ear fatigue, and I, I know that's a first world problem. I'm I'm not I'm not. Uh, there's no qualms about that. I'm not going to fight that. But uh, you know your ears do start to get irritated. And these don't do that. They're nice. They're very nice, and um, they have a little spirally cord that goes up to my device, and I record in it, and it's all happy, and and it, so I it may you know it's one of the things that made my day. It's not the best thing in the world, but it did. And she got me a new keyboard, and if you've um, Ever had a new keyboard after having an old keyboard? You know you're, you're going to be able to relate to what I'm saying. Uh, my keys work a lot better. Why, James? Why do your keys work a lot better? Because I haven't been eating over this one as much. <laughs> I haven't spilled little bits of soda in it and uh, stuff like that. My space bar was getting a little sluggish. Let's just say on the other one because uh, you know it just gets crud in it. And you try to clean those keyboards, especially with these little flippy keys. Um, the old school keys, the big fat ones, you could pop them off, clean, you know, run water over the dang thing and put it back together. But I like the low profile, um, laptop type keys. I don't, I just do. And, uh, and it's backlit and it's hardwired. The last one I got was, um, it was rechargeable cordless, which sounds awesome. But when it gets old, it doesn't keep a charge. You end up plugging it in with the USB to charge it and it doesn't it this sounds weird but there's still a, a little dongle that you have to plug in for it to be used as a keyboard you'd think if you took the dongle out plugged it in with a USB it would work as a keyboard it doesn't it just powers it it just you know powers it this one I, I just totally went back to old school it's hardwired there's a cord I don't care my mouse, same thing. I don't have to deal with batteries. I, it's just going to work. And that's what I wanted. I wanted it simple. I spent a lot of time in my office. Spent a lot of time at this computer throughout the day. So it's become pretty important for me to have uh, you know some things sorted out. So anyway, um, day four. I complete, Speaking of my room, um, I completely dusted this joker and cleaned it it was trashed man uh, my wife my wife my daughter's uh, microsoft microsoft <laughs> oh what is it called it is called it's not called microsoft it's called minecraft it's really close the two companies there there's a lot in common totally different uh so since my daughter's minecraft birthday party where i pretty much created everything in it my room, you know, doubles as my craft room. It's just been, you know, trash. Stuff's pulled out, you know, scissors and glue. And, and we wrapped all the presents in here. So it, it was just a mess. I totally cleaned it up. And, and, and I knew I was going to eventually. But not only that, not only that, I vacuumed and I dusted. Now, if any of you have seen photos, um, if you go to jameskennison.com, um, there, there's a series I did where I was kind of when I was trying to get back in the groove of, of doing stuff through media, I was blogging 
every day I would post a different Buzz Lightyear. I collect Buzz Lightyear stuff. I always have. Um, well, since 2006, anyway. Uh, and I was blogging these things. So you will, you will see if you look at those, and you know you don't have to. But just trust me, I have shelves. I have lots of shelves full of items. And if you have stuff like that, you know... When they get dusty, oh, you hate it. You hate looking at it. Even Legos, man. Legos love dust. And they look horrible. They look terrible when they're dusty. Buzz does too. And shelves, man. I got these nice black Ikea Billy shelves. You know Billy? You're, you're familiar with Billy shelves? Well, you should be. They're cheap and easy. And, uh, and, and I've got a few of them. And they show dust like a crazy person. Because crazy people show a lot of dust when, when, they, uh, when they do their crazy stuff. Uh, but I, I picked up every item, dusted it. I took all, all the shelves and I reorganized. Cause that's the other thing. That's the other danger is you got everything set up and it's all balanced. There's a big buzz over here, big buzz over there. There's one in the center. There's three little guys in the front. You don't want to forget. You're never going to get back exactly, exactly the way you had it. Unless you want to be OCD and take a photo. I'm not going to do that. Um, but I got everything kind of back the way it goes and, uh, put a few things away in storage, you know, brought a few things forward. And uh, I'm just saying, right now, you know, in a week, it's gonna be dusty as crap again. But right now, it's awesome. It's very awesome. I forgot to, I forgot to do my ceiling fan. You know, have you ever done that? Your ceiling fan runs all the time. Maybe you're not a ceiling fan person. We got one in every room. You stop it though after about six months, and there is like an inch of dust that you would never see while it was moving, and you dare not touch it. For two reasons. One. The dust clumps will fall on whatever is underneath them, namely your eyes. Have you ever done that? Yes, you have. Secondly, when you touch it and you turn it back on, it's going to go crazy. How about this? Have you ever done the third thing? And the third thing is this. You know, there's a little switch and one one it changes the direction of the rotation of the fan. And during summer, you're supposed to have it rotating toward the right. Because it pushes the air down, you know, and it cools you. And apparently in the winter, you flip that little switch, turn it on, it flows the other way. It pushes the air up. I don't really know why. It probably makes no difference whatsoever. Maybe it does. Maybe some of you are ceiling fan junkies and you've made a religion. We don't have no heat pump. We got ceiling fans and attic fan and that is all. Uh, Maybe then that's great for you. Um... But I don't know. I don't know what works and what doesn't. But I do know that when you flip that switch and turn it on without cleaning it, all the the the, the centrifugal forces and the air resistance and the 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 pitch and the yaw. I don't know if airplane terms come into effect when you have a a propeller blade. But um, that that suddenly the, all those things that were keeping that dust secured to the front um um uh, leading edge. I know that word of uh, of the blade suddenly start working against it and that stuff it'll shower your room with dust clumps they will fall almost like slow motion fireworks you know at the end of a love story where the lady's just got her fingers laced together under her chin and she her head is to the side and she's just so blissful and the little sparklies are falling all around her and heaven and all this stuff yeah except it's nasty skin particles because dust is apparently mostly dead skin it's pretty nasty i must have pulled enough dead skin cells out of my office this past week to actually create a small baby 
It wouldn't be a full-size baby, but a small baby. If you were to take it all and turn it back into living cells, you could create a small baby off of just the dust on my ceiling fan. Maybe science will find a way one day. Um, uh, oh, day five. Day five was good. It was the, uh, the last day before um, Saturday. It was Friday, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and you know the family's getting kind of weirded out because they've been off work, off school. It's no different for me. I've been off <laughs> for quite a freaking while. So Jen, Jen wanted to go to IKEA, so we go to IKEA, and I wasn't real keen on it, but she wanted lamps, and I'd been wanting lamps for a while. We're not people that buy a lot of furniture and stuff, you know. Like it, like especially when we're like first married, we slept on a futon mattress for like two years. And then we, and I don't think we had couches until we moved into our house. And, and then even then, I think it was like three or four or five months before we actually bought furniture for the living room. So we're just, we're just don't care, you know, and we've got couches, but we don't have any end tables. We don't have a coffee table. We don't have lamps in there. It's just kind of dim and dark and nobody really goes in there, even though it's kind of an open floor plan, you know, so it's just the dark corner of the house. And, uh, so long story short. Um, I didn't like any of the lamps at Ikea. If you've been to Ikea, it's it's awesome. It's pretty awesome, but their lamps are weird. And um, I ended up picking out some. I actually pinned them on my Pinterest. So if you want to see see what they are, you go got to buddy me on Pinterest. Um, but they're floor lamps that are covered with this brown paper, kind of stretchy lantern thing. And uh, we got these little tiny, squatty, you know, $8 end tables that are probably a foot and a half off the ground and it lifted that floor lamp up just right to where they look like really tall uh, table lamps and it worked out my wife uh, had doubts but i told her i said baby girl um which i never say to her i said um sweetheart i can see which i never say to her either i can see this in my head you just have to trust me you will see it later but i can see it and it looks good and you're gonna love it and she did okay long story short she loved it. She's been reading in there every day. The 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 glow of the lights through the paper, the brown paper, it just makes it it just warm and inviting. And my house has never really been known to be warm and inviting, um, but it is. It's good. It's a good thing. So yay, James! James made you know my wife's day. It's good, uh, and that makes my day by default. So day six, I got um, I got my control card early. Um, I know I've already talked about this, but um, I, that's the day I got it, which is apparently yesterday. And, uh, and I've run a, an initial scan on it and pulled off some stuff. I'm trying it again. Actually, I'm looking at the progress. It's 89%. I'm trying to restore the partition. Now, if you know what a partition is, great. If you don't, it just, it's basically like the table of contents for your hard drive that, that tells your computer where all the files are. My hard drive has lost that information. If I can recover it, then I can just drag and drop all these files off rather than ripping them, literally dumping them off of one into the other in a random fashion. I could, I could, if I can restore this partition, it'll it'll keep all the files in the right order, in the right place, and, and, and it'll be awesome. So I'm crossing my fingers. I'll know something tonight, and maybe I'll put it on for next week. Day 7, which is today, Sunday. Um, I, uh, I'm working on a – I got a gift – that I've been wanting for a while. It's a marble roller coaster. It has uh, little little uh, tubes 
little tiny white tubes and, and a lot of like fixtures and, and rods that you click them into. And you basically take two of these uh, pieces of this plastic tubing and you create a, a roller coaster. The, the, the ball rolls down it. I don't know. You can see them at like discovery stores if they still have those, those little sciency stores. And I'd been wanting one forever. Well, stupid me. I didn't go with a level one or a level three. I, I picked one that I didn't know there were levels. I picked a level five. I just saw one that had a lot of twisty stuff. And it is hard. I've only done maybe one eighth of it so far. But um, I'll tell you this. I got a, a loop-de-loop going where it goes down and then it loops and then it loops again within itself, goes around a corner and then daggummit if it don't loop again. I looked at that thing. I was like, I ain't never going to be able to do that. And uh, I, I, I work on a little bit. I get frustrated because I got fat fingers and, and um, you, can, you have to twist things and just get them just right. And the instructions are definitely ESL. You know, English English is its second language. I'm I'm reading, you know, like on instructions, don't you love that English is on the front and all the other languages are third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh? English is definitely the third, fourth, sixth, sixth, seventh. And I have to find it and I'm, I'm trying to translate centimeters into inches for measuring things and blah, blah, blah. It's been a pain. And, uh, and a buddy of mine on, uh, his name is James, um, he's been poking fun at me because he says real men don't need instructions in, in, in Chinese or otherwise. But, uh, but they do because I am a real man. I am I am definitely the model of, of manliness. Uh, but I got the double loop-de-loop. And I put that in there because right before I started the show, I went out there and I rolled I rolled the, the ball on it. And it did its little loop-de-loop, went around the corner, looped again. And it made my heart jump. And that doesn't happen very often. And it's awesome. It's a good feeling. Usually... Like 2013, most of the time when my heart jumped, it it turned, it twisted, and it literally felt like in my chest um, that things were awry. Like, I really wondered if I wasn't going to damage my heart the way it felt. I don't know if it really had anything to do with my heart. I think it was just some sort of chest cramp because of the anxiety. I don't, I'm not a medical doctor. But I'm going to tell you, if the roller coaster makes me feel the opposite of that, the roller coaster is awesome. So roller coaster, you are awesome. Keep double looping, going around the curve and looping again. And I ain't even hardly done. I'll post a picture, sorry, a video. I've, I've it's already been requested um, that I post a video of this fa- of this thing working at the end if I ever make it cuz it's a long time coming. I work on it just a little bit every day. Um, then then it will I will put it up. I can make it. All right. Um, I went out to lunch today. After lunch, we were asked to go out by the pastor of the church we're going to. And uh, it was a good time. He's got great kids. My daughter made a friend finally. Uh, She said that after we left uh, the Applebee's. She's like, I finally got a friend at church. And that was cool because I didn't know she didn't have a friend at the church. Um, But she does now, and that's awesome. Uh, but he asked me something. He says, you know, what do you, what do you do? What do you, are you working a job or something? And he didn't know, you know, and, uh, he said he had read, you know, some of my articles and, and things like that and didn't know if I was doing anything. And I, and I had to say nothing, you know, I hate, you know, I'm a man. I hate answering that. It feels horrible. But I did tell him this. I, well, as Jen and I were talking about it later, it really kind of bugged me. I'm like, it, well, it just harped on me. Not that he asked, you know. 
But I had to ask myself, what do I, what am I going to do now? You know, things are feeling better. And uh, Jen said something, I may have mentioned it on the last episode, but it, it bears repeating. She said, you can, you can literally count how many weeks you felt better by the episodes of your podcast. And of course she's talking about this one and she's right. You know, this is episode eight. Um, this is ends the seventh week and begins the eighth week that I have felt worth a crap that I've been anywhere near balanced or normal. And she said, give yourself a break. The, you know, she says, what are you passionate about? And I'm like, well, I kind of want to write, but I'm scared to, she says, that's because you think that you've got to do the thing that you're going to do for the rest of your life right now, or it's going to mess everything up. And I'm like, you're right. She's like, you know, when you were doing children's ministry, that was your thing. And you got to anything you added to it, you know, drawing or, or creating songs or music or artwork or whatever that just enhanced that. But now you feel like those things are going to define you and it's not fun anymore. There's pressure on it. You're afraid you might fail. And, uh, she's right on all counts, of course. Um, so, but, but, but it's awesome to have someone, first of all, to talk to about these things. It's awesome to have someone that's not trying to push me out to doing things that, um, would be damaging, you know, cause I guarantee you there's a certain kind of person that would want their husband to be normal so bad that they would pressure them into becoming normal, which I can tell you doesn't work. They will just learn to pretend like they're normal and they will end up falling back into old patterns and feelings. But she, you know, maybe, maybe it's because she believes in me, maybe because she doesn't want to risk the, you know, going back. Uh, maybe it's like she's holding a, a plate of fragile China. She's, she just very carefully wanting to keep me balanced, but, uh, it's, it's, it's awesome. And it's awesome too, that this show every week, every number, um, counts off another week that, that life has been where it should be again. And that's huge. Two months after this week, two months of consistency um, out of the last two years and plus for that matter. But, but it really, you know, the bottom dropped out last year and it really started declining the year before that. And uh, that's pretty good. But it also means that I get to, I get to be easy on myself a little bit. And uh, so, you know, but I told Jen, I, I want to find something that will be kind of nine to five-ish. Not a job, not something out there. I'm not going to go work at Chick-fil-A because I would, oh, that would just, not, if you work at Chick-fil-A, God bless you. But for me, it would be like, I would, I would stop being a pastor. I would stop being a father and I would associate myself as the guy that collects the trash at Chick-fil-A and and that would not be good for me. Uh, not that I wouldn't do it if we didn't need the money, but um, but I'm gonna find. I think I think I'm gonna really pour myself into self improvement as far as reading and writing. Trying to do some writing. Jen says she thinks I ought to blog every day, and I'm like, blog about what? <laughs> what am I supposed to blog about? My my stupid, you know, uh, light year collection. Um, another fellow mentioned that that he says, you know, I. I might want to hear another podcast from you um, where you talk about Jesus stuff and uh, where you, you know, go into the Bible and 
talk about a verse and, and all this kind of stuff. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, um, I mean, I am a minister, I, I guess, even though I'm not practicing, you know, ministry right now. But, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I will. Maybe I will. Maybe not. We'll see. Okay. MMDs for the other peeps, for the other peoples. Dear James, this is coming from Josh. He says, I hope you had an amazing Christmas. And I did. My MMD was from Christmas morning. It all started as my brothers rushed to the gift table. You have a gift table. That's awesome. Country do you live in? We heard um, the doorbell. He said, I assumed it was my just my dad. But when I opened it, there stood my uncle and aunt. And he said, that was amazing because my uncle, who's a Marine, wasn't supposed to be back in the States until February. And it was one of the best moments of 2013. A blessed new year. You and yours, Josh. And, um, and I love that. I think it's awesome. But the stupid part of my brain, because he expected his dad and he got his uncle instead, my dumb brain makes it into a, a silly situational comedy where he is his dad. I am your dad. I, I was always your dad. I, it was a mistake that we made when we were children, when we were younger. And uh, your dad's been your dad that you know is your dad's been raising you. But I've always been your father, and I'm back from Afghanistan to raise you as my own. So um, forgive me, Josh. I'm an idiot. Um, Yanush says it made my day when I got to hang out with my friend John. He says, I've been away. He had been away for several months working with an inner city children's ministry in St. Louis. I got a buddy that does uh, inner city ministry in St. Louis. And he is back for the holidays. He is one of the nicest and most thoughtful people I know. And he says, he dressed up as the 11th doctor, actually the 12th doctor. Okay, you got to straighten that out. Um, he dressed up as the 11th doctor, Matt Smith. For Comic-Con. So I got him a Doctor Who Mr. Potato Head for Christmas with the little fez and everything. That's awesome. Most of those gifts, uh, most of those gifts that made my day last week were Doctor Who gifts. So apparently last week we, we read about his gifts. He got Doctor Who stuff. My kids wanted Doctor Who stuff. They wanted a little TARDIS. Um, TARDISes are hard to come by um, that aren't 30 bucks. So they didn't get anything like that. Well, guys, what has made your day recently? What has meant something to you? I want you to share your tiny little wonderful moments with everyone who listens. Do me a favor. Email your comments right now. Do it. Do it. You got a phone, don't you? MMDcast at gmail.com. Made my day cast. MMDcast at gmail.com. You know, three, four, five sentences, whatever. And uh, mail it to us. You can visit us online at MMDcast.com. Tell your friends about us, of course. Follow us on Twitter. Twitter.com slash NLcast. You can like Make My Day Pod, Made My Day Podcast on Facebook. That would be awesome. That's how you connect with us there. Um, and then leave an iTunes review if you haven't yet. We love being featured. It helps other people find the show. And I said we, even though it's just me. Uh, sponsor an episode if you want to, like uh, like like my man Keith did. Uh, it's only five bucks. It helps support not just this show, but the archive of Nobody's Listening Shows and all the other ones. You can do so at MMDcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. Guys, we'll see you next week. A successful completion of two months of sanity next week right here on MMDcast. Peace. God bless. 
Have a happy new year.